Hey friends, and welcome to the Talk Podcast. We believe that all change starts with a conversation, a talk that sparks an idea, convicts, or creates a movement. The Talk seeks to foster real, relatable, and relevant conversations that not only challenge, but engage, equip, and empower its listeners to be agents of change. As an extension of joy of it, we look to find points of intersection in a divided world. No topic is off limits and all people and opinions are welcome. We believe we represent Jesus best together, acknowledging all voices and talking through those things that disrupt our unity. When we are united, we can do great things and it all starts with a talk. Welcome to the table, friends. Hey friends, and welcome back to another The Talk podcast. We are so thankful that you joined us wherever you are listening to us from, whether it be in your car, you're in your jammies, drinking some coffee, or you're sitting on the couch, multitasking, listening to a podcast, playing a game of Candy Crush. I mean, does anyone play Candy Crush anymore? I mean, I do but maybe I'm dated, playing a game like Candy Crush or watching a show. We're thankful for just your faithfulness in joining us. If you are a new listener or if you um, have someone who's been joining in for a while now, just a reminder, um, we believe in real, relatable, relevant conversations that challenge us and keep us engaged, but also equip and empower those who are listening to be agents of change. And here, no topic is off limits. And we believe that we represent Jesus best together by acknowledging all voices. So everyone is welcome to the table. And today we are welcoming my friend and hopefully she will become your friend as well. She blogs for Joy of It. Her name is Amber. Amber, welcome. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and Amber is great. And today we're going to be talking about the blog that she most recently wrote for Joy of It called Navigating Our Spiritual Nervous System. If you have not read it, please do. You can find that at www.joyofit.org. It's wonderful. But before we dive into our conversation, I do want to ask Amber a little get to know you question. She's a little nervous. If you could, see her, if you could see her face right now, <laughs> she's like, sweaty. what are you going to ask me? And I actually don't know. Okay. I don't know what I'm going to ask. All right. Okay. But maybe since this is the one that I told you I would do, maybe I'll just do this one. Okay. Two truths and a lie. Okay. Two truths and a lie. I'm allergic to cats. Oh. My birthday is tomorrow. And I have climbed the Great Wall of China. Okay, first of all, if your birthday's tomorrow and I didn't know, and I didn't even bring you a gift, I'm going to be so sad. <laughs> I love birthdays. I want that to be the lie. <laughs> but did you climb, you climbed the Great Wall of China? Ugh, I'm so confused. I don't know. Okay, I don't well, know. Listen, listen. Tell me the story. Listen. As those words were coming out of my mouth, I realized they're all true. 
<gasps> I didn't think of a lie. I just was thinking of like you facts about myself. Like, tell me about myself. I so, love that. See how she's think, an honest no, person. Guys, I didn't mean to come off as like that person who's like, I can't tell a lie. But let's That's go back not to the what birth- I'm going for right let's now. Let's go back to the birthday thing, though. I want to okay. talk about this more. All right. Okay. How did I not? I, I didn't know this. And now we can't even celebrate. I didn't bring you a cupcake. Okay. I didn't bring you cake. Well, you prefer cake or pie? Oh, gosh. Yes to both. I love all desserts. I, I love anything with carbohydrates and sugar and butter. You have uh, a favorite dessert? I love bread pudding. I'm making myself bread pudding tomorrow <laughs> because it's my favorite with like a whiskey or a bourbon sauce. So you make pretty good bread pudding. Would say I would say it is. I would say the Pioneer Woman makes pretty good mm-hmm. bread pudding, and is. then is generous with her recipes. And and yes, you so. and, and that is the one that you you like that one. Yes, I love all of her desserts. Have you seen how much butter goes into anything that woman cooks? I, it know, is beautiful. I I haven't seen how much butter, but I'm oh. I'm from a part of the country that believes in a lot of butter, and so I'm like, look. Butter makes things delicious. Yeah, it's really your arteries may be really so shrunken right now, uh-huh. but <laughs> it's delicious. Yes, yes. And all so, of those were true. I don't. Even, those I don't true. want you to come up with happened. a lie. I don't want you to. I I like it. Why so follow really question comfortable to that. and not nervous at all. That's you climbed the Great Wall of China. Yeah. Did. When did that happen? Uh, we have a son who's from China. And so when we were on our way to meet him, we got to stop in Beijing. There it is. You know more. It's the nerves. You, you know That's better. the nerves. Uh, <laughs> and got to climb a portion, obviously not all, you know, thousands and thousands of miles, but got to climb a portion of the Great Wall. And it was pretty spectacular and a cool, Gosh. like, bucket list yes. experience. So very cool, very fun, good memory. Do you have, I I know this is, um, I would hate this question, so I apologize if if you hate it. I would hate it. Good lead up. Um, But (laughs) just just in prayers, don't roll your eyes at me. I know you're going to hate this question. (laughs) Okay. Um, But do you have any, like, do I want to say goals? Do I want to say hopes? Do I have a dream board? Do you, have a, do you have a Pinterest dream board? Do you have a dream board on Pinterest? Um, do you have any like goals for this upcoming year Ooh. of life? That's a, that's a good question. Yeah. A good question. Goals for this upcoming year. Wow. I, I wish I wish I was firing off answers to hey, this question. That might be something you need to think about. Uh, I think it might be something I need to think about. I I think because we're so close to the school year starting. Yes. I just yes. want to get through the next three weeks of life. Yeah. (laughs) Short-term goals, achievable goals, right? Yeah. I want to, I'd love to, okay. The eye roll question is going to maybe get an eye roll answer. (laughs) Yes. Look at that. Like I want to volunteer at my kid's school more. So like, that's a goal. I'd like to do that. I think that's a thing that are supposed to do. I love so, that. I would like to do that. I'd like to volunteer mostly because I want to spy on my kids because I've got two in middle being school. Honest. You're being honest. So it gives me access to them. Yeah. Um, yep. I'm sure yeah, lots of parents that are listening feel the exact I same I want way. to be able to say yes to one of those emails that says we're looking for parents to XYZ. I want to be able to say yes. I'd love to do that. 
Yeah, my kids, I always tell them I will be chaperoning prom, um, which is they're very against that yeah, idea. And sure. it will for sure happen. So I just got to, you know, I got to work my way up, get to know. Unless they tell you it's it's the day that it's not on. Yeah, that could happen. I need to talk to your kids more. Yeah. It's, I'll help yeah. them. Okay. I'm an advocate in that way. Of me yeah. not chaperoning? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I'll, right. I'll help them. Okay. I like helping kids defy their parents. Yeah. Awesome. It's a goal that I have. It, that's your goal for this year. <laughs> yeah, that's that's turn my, my goal. Me. Yeah, okay. that's okay. that's my goal. Right. Gosh, Amber, that was more enjoyable than I ever could imagine playing the the three truths game <laughs> with you. How obnoxious! Was amazing. She will and, tell us something. And now I I am at some point going to treat you to dessert. I am bummed that I did not know that beforehand. Right. So we're gonna we're gonna set a date for that. To happen. Um, But let's moving on to actually what we're here to talk about, which is great for people to get to know you and get to know your heart. And I, I'm sure that they saw a glimpse of your personality and who you are just in um, what we've been talking about beforehand. But I want to ask, like, what compelled you to write about this topic navigating our spiritual nervous system like how did the title come about like just go in yeah post pandemic church attendance is feels like a whole new conversation so true i i share in the blog post a little bit about growing up in the church every sunday we were there it was like the end and beginning of the week yeah and it was a really, it was a huge value for my family that we were in church every Sunday. And so I just adopted that throughout my young adulthood into my marriage and parenting. And then the pandemic hit and church wasn't an option showing up on Sunday. I take that back. Church was an option. Showing up on Sunday was not an option. At least in Portland, Oregon. I'm aware that in other places it was. Online church was an option. Online church was an option. And online church was a bad option for our family because it was me, you know, trying to connect the laptop to the TV while yelling at my kids Kids, to pay attention and worship Jesus because that's what we're doing on Sunday, darn it. Mm -hmm. And what do you mean you're bored? And, you know, stop hitting each other and no, I'm not going to make you more snacks. And right. It just was not a pleasant experience. So I think we tried online church, maybe two or three Sundays. And then it was like, we're going to the coast. And so Sundays was our beach day and we would pack up and drive and just be in the water and be together. And that became church for us for like two years, like a long time. And so when things opened back up and my kids were regularly asking about, you know, mom, can we go to church? Like, well, I guess, guess we're doing that again. And I was having a whole Mm. response to getting into the building again and needing to figure out what that was about Yeah, and really assess like, why is it that, when I am sitting here listening that my, my radar is up and I'm like seeking out things to be 
offended mm. by or to be disappointed in. And I definitely had experienced that before. Yeah. But I don't think I was as aware of it as I was after having a break and yeah. then jumping back in and just feeling like I, I feel so like activated when I'm sitting mm. in the building. I would much rather be at the beach, you know? And so I was having to yeah. fight this whole inner struggle between this is where I should be, right? Like this whole narrative of shoulds, I should be sitting in church. You were shitting yourself to I death. I was shitting myself. I had a yes. friend say that to yeah. me, which I, I just love. You yeah. were doing that. That's yeah. exactly what I was doing. And thinking like, I can't just, should I just send my husband and my kids? That's not what yeah. we're going for. Like, yeah. And so I think this post came mm. out of some, just a lot of self-reflection and trying to put language to what was going on trying to um, really give myself a lot of grace and a lot of understanding and space to just figure out why is it that when we get in the car after church, I either have a list of things yeah. that I'm upset about or I'm bothered by, or I just don't, like I just want to run out the door and just mm. not be there. And so I just started putting the language of like, our nervous system response to threats or danger and that fight or flight or freeze mm -hmm. mode. There's four, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, but for the purpose of like a good title. <laughs> fight, flight, or fellowship, and then the spiritual nervous system. Oh, that's good. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, and, and it fit. And I realized like that's absolutely what's happening is my past church hurt uh, has always been there, has always been mm -hmm. influencing my experience of church, my ability to engage fully. And then I got a really nice break and a really mm. nice rest and then yeah. jumped in again. And all of that hurt that is that still exists in my body that I still store is so was so easily triggered by this song or this, you know, yeah. church phrasing yeah. or, you know, the any so many things were yeah. so I was so triggered so quickly. So once I gave kind of language to it, it was like, okay, well, I know that in I know how to calm my nervous system. I know what my coping and calming mm. tools are. How can I apply that to to this like this idea of a spiritual nervous system? Yeah. And so that's what I kind of try to flush out in the post. I I love it. I love it. There's there's not too much that I that I feel compelled to say um, after after that. Um, but I do because you you sum it up just quite beautifully, and I I do think that um, it's probably the way a lot of people feel mm -hmm. after having two years of not of just a slower pace of doing life a little differently. And I'm speaking from someone who I, I work for a church. I've been in church every Sunday since the, the <laughs> pain. By in church, I mean logged on, um, logged <laughs> logged on, or recording a sermon for people to watch online. But 
not on a Sunday on, you know, a couple of days before and, you know, some of those things. So it has looked very different and has slowed. And I guess, I guess I do have like a follow-up question or, or maybe a statement of just like, maybe there's some of that was, well, what do you think about this? If, if some of that hesitation that people have in coming back, which by the way, we still are going through, I mean, it still hasn't fully, I mean, and no shame to anyone listening who hasn't um, decided to go back into a building yet. Mm-hmm. No shame at all. I get that. But there's probably a little bit of fear maybe of coming back into the building. And I don't just mean like fear of one thing. It could be multiple things. So do you think there's like some things that people may be fearing in rejoining the I'm going to go to the building now on Sunday wow. morning. I, I definitely think so. I think I think there are probably a lot of factors, one of which could definitely be fear, especially because, you know, it's 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 been a lot, <laughs> you know, like there yes. was this whole like collective trauma of a pandemic. Yes. There were elections. There were, I mean, we've been through, through a lot. it. We've been yeah. through it. And I think churches had varying responses yeah. to all of that. Yeah. And so if you were observing your church's response and maybe there was disappointment on a position that was taken or not taken maybe that sense of safety was triggered yeah. like i thought this was a safe space and then when it mattered 100% nothing was said 100% or, and now it's not a safe space yeah. right so i think yeah. i think the historical context could absolutely produce yeah. fear and i think some yeah. of it's probably real valid too yeah like i yeah so yeah, 100%. I, yeah, I think there's that speed, like piece. I also think like inertia is a real thing, right? Mm-hmm. Of like it attending church is a spiritual practice. It's a habit. It's a thing. And so when you get out of it, it's just still like going to the gym, right? It's just a lot You're harder yes. to go back. So I yeah. think that's a real yeah. thing too. Yeah. And, and I think we were all asking a question. All, I don't know. Maybe a lot of people weren't. I don't know. I was asking the question of like, what is the purpose of church? Yeah, right. Like it didn't exist in the same yeah. way. And so I think having to assess like, is is the church that I was attending pre-shut down, was it adding value to my life? Was it adding enough value to my life? Was it adding busyness to my was life? It, that was like, what was that? Why yeah. was I going there? What yeah. was the draw or what was I getting from it? Um, I don't yeah. know. So yeah, I think... I think there's so many reasons people are hesitant to jump back in or, and I think, I think it's pretty valid. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And I think as for someone who works at a church, I know that one of the questions that we're asking in, in this season is, and I was talking to a friend who actually works at another church is asking their church is asking the same question of what is it that that the church is inviting people into that they can't actually get outside of the church. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, and we have to really think about that, right? Because we're extending the, the invitation and yet it's like, I mean, I can imagine someone saying this. I've been the person that has said this, <laughs> actually. Why would I go to church for community or friends when I could just go have brunch with my friends right. on a Sunday mm-hmm. and we can pray together? Mm-hmm. Or, isn't that church? You know, isn't, right? isn't that church? Yep. So there, yep. is, there is this moment for the collective church to actually, which is exciting, right? To define accurately what is church mm-hmm. and why and why you go to church and what we're offering is and has to be different than what you can get outside of the church. Mm-hmm. The challenge is, is we actually have to offer something different. <laughs> That's the challenge. Right. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And it's, I I mean, even that question feels so layered. Yeah. Right. It is multi layered depending on geographical location, depending on the, man, there's just a lot in that. Right. So it is a, it is a heavy weight for church leaders right now to answer the question of like, I don't know, what did I was just reading a statistic earlier? Because I read just statistics in my free time. <laughs> wow, that's what, amazing! What a statement, <laughs> yeah. Amber. Gosh, oh golly. Um, about you know what church attendance is looking like yeah. now, and it's down. Yeah, <laughs> low. Yeah. Um, and why is that? And I yep. think it is an important question. And I think there's probably a lot of different reasons. There is, there so, is, yeah. and it's not, it's not a quick fix. It's kind of like what what you were saying. You know, it's just it's it's like a habit, right? I mean, it's not one of those things where we're gonna wake up this Sunday and all of a sudden, oh, everyone's back. I mean, I, I do think there are some permanent things that have been altered. Whether good or bad, I think some of them are really good, actually. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's not all it's not all negative, but it's going to take time to get to a place, and not going back to a place. I want to be very clear. Like I do think there are things that like we are not we are not called to as a church to back to. It's like a reordering of our priorities, you know. So it's going to take time to figure out what those new priorities are and what and what the church collectively needs to look like in in our city. We're just talking about Portland here. And in our city, as far as to continue kingdom work, you know, it's, it's just a, a different thing. But with that, you know, as we're talking about church changes, what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen in the local church over the last three years, whether it's positive or negative, just just what are what are those? Yeah, I mean, and I I'm I'm answering these questions as a consumer yeah. of the church, right? Like, which as is great. I, I I have been on staff at churches. I have, I mean, I've been in the pastor's kid, like been in all the rooms and the conversations over my life, and now um, have kind of. I've, I've settled into like attendee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and which is, which is not a position I've held. I'm usually a card carrying yeah. member or have, you know, some sort of 
I'm like involved and getting there early and setting uh, something up. And right now I'm not. Right now I'm, I, I show up and I sit in good. the back row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mm-hmm. love the back pew, which mm-hmm. is a part of my process still. Mm-hmm. Like I've made it into the building and there's something about being close to the exit that allows me to be in the building. Amber, uh, until I, I love it. I went I went through a season, not not to interrupt you and be one of one of those people, but I so resonate with what you're saying. And I and I think what you're saying is necessary. And I want people who have decided like they who who maybe they haven't gotten back in the building yet to hear this and to be encouraged and to feel like you're okay with being where you're at because I spent years before I started working for a church, I went to another church who had, they had a balcony and my goal in going to church was like, this sounds so bad, but it's, it's absolutely <laughs> the truth. I was not going to church to talk to anybody or to be involved. I was going to get fed and just to be. I needed to be in a space that felt holy and felt different than my home. I needed to be with with Jesus. I needed to be around people, but I didn't need to be connecting with them. And so I would go to church by myself. I would sit in the balcony because I had the same thoughts that you thought. I was like, okay, I need to leave. I can leave. I can make an exit. Mm -hmm. I'm free to do what I want to do in this space in order to process and heal. And people need that freedom right now. Yeah. As they're coming back into the church. Yeah. And, and, I'm going to say this and then maybe regret it, but like, what a gift the masks are. (laughs) Uh, Like, it's a great way of communicating. Like, I need six feet, right? I mean, I need space. space. I I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. It's true. It's true. I think there there was some... There was some distance for people. I'm an introvert, so I mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. these feelings of mm-hmm. <laughs> an extrovert. I'm like, no, no, no. But I have found that some of my extroverted friends actually found the the distance and the space very comforting. Yeah, that's it me. was it was a rest. Yeah, it was a rest. And yep. so it's like, yeah, when we when we had that, there wasn't a lot of pressure to maybe perform is the wrong word, but but to perform, to talk to everybody in it the room. It changed the vibe of Sunday. Change the vibe. When everyone came changed. in. You had to be more intentional. Change the vibe. have to speak more. Yeah. Right? You have yeah. to like, it's yeah. true. You yeah. just, it's just, it changed the vibe. Yeah. It changed uh, and the I'm, vibe. You know, thank you to churches that required masks. Yeah. Yes. yes. I'm pro-mask. Mm-hmm. And also Agreed. it doubles as a, you stay six feet away from me. Yes. Yeah. A nice and, well. and a tear catcher. And a what? A tear catcher. A tear catcher. Yeah. Aww. So if you if you're a, get emotional on a Sunday and you're crying, you just let those tears just fall right into that, that mask. Higher. Okay. You just let them fall right into okay. that mask. You don't need a tissue. You don't like need to that. worry about your makeup yeah, or anything. Yeah. It's just that it's just so catching good. the tears. Yeah. There are a lot of benefits. You don't wow. brush your teeth. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I've used that one. Yeah, there was a mm-hmm. there was a lot of benefits. <laughs> anyway, I interrupted you. I interrupted you. Some of the biggest changes that you've seen in yeah. the church. Yeah, I think what what comes to mind first. One of the things that I was so excited about when church shut down for Sunday services 
was seeing how the buildings were often used as community spaces, whether it was for local businesses or restaurants who were needing to use the kitchen or Mm. providing meals to the community or um, like I know that there were some hospitals that utilized church buildings. Uh, There just were, it took on additional roles that maybe weren't, it wasn't being utilized in that way. So that was something that uh, was cool to see happen. I think, I hope that money was allocated differently during that time. Yeah, that funds were used to go towards the immediate um, needs that were Mm. happening in the community because they weren't needed for like, and coffee and communion cups. Yeah, and electricity, um, really. Right, right, right. So, I mean, I like to, I'm, I am sure that churches used yeah, they totally uh, did. Yeah. budgeted funding that wasn't being used for um, caring for the community around them. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think church online is a really cool thing. As much as it doesn't work for Truly. my family, man, it made church so much more accessible to so many people. And so you could maintain a sense of community, especially with like your home church mm-hmm. without being able to be there in person. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's, I'm glad that happened. I think there were probably churches who hadn't been utilizing online streaming that had to, and now still do and still are offering that to their community and their attendees. So, yeah, I think, and it kind of normalized it too, this idea of um, staying home and engaging in worship from your home became less weird or less like, you know, I I remember hearing all the time people who, you know, just watch from online because they don't want to engage or Mm -hmm. that somehow that's like sub church. Yeah, it's not real. Right, right, right. Or that there's something that they need to work out or whatever yeah. because uh, they're choosing that. And and I think it kind of normalized like, hey, there are plenty of people who this is the best option for them for a number of reasons. And now it's much easier for them to access yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so I think I think those are some really good changes yeah. that took place. Yeah, those those are good ones, especially like when you're talking about online, online church. Yeah, it's not for everybody, but... I, but I do think that like there there are people even now who it's not like people some people are, are choosing or saying like oh I don't ever want to go back back into that place some people are like that they're like processing and doing things but there are some people who you know you're immunocompromised you have things going on in your family that you actually can't go to church. And this provides, as you were saying, a way for you to still stay connected to your church and to hear and to grow um, without actually being in the building, but still being reminded that you are a part of the church, um, the larger church. And so that has been really great. And and as we talked about this a little bit earlier we hinted at it but i do want to ask you like what do you think you know we talked about online church what do you think the church community needs to look like right now that would set it apart from 
other types of community? This, I feel like I have, there's so many different directions (laughs) that I could go with this question. And so I'm trying to choose which which direction to go. Mm Church communities need to regularly be checking in and asking, why are we doing it this way? Yeah. Why Why do we do it this yeah. way? Uh, what purpose is it serving? And is it still serving? Like, is that purpose still uh, one that we want to continue moving forward mm-hmm. with? Um, I, I think, you know, thinking back on the early church and the first church, that is a really great model that survives historical change and cultural change and to gather in homes and fellowship and worship and pray and share food and be involved in each other's lives to then take what you have and share it with the poor to be aware of the needs of your community and show up for those things. Like that's the model that we were given. And that is very relevant now. And so I think, uh, especially in Western evangelical church, we've created some really interesting things that church is. I, I mean, our church model now is just, really interesting yeah. um, in a lot of ways. We do a lot of things. And so I, I think just always asking that question of like, yeah. why are we doing this? Does it align with whatever our, our mission is or our values are? And then really being okay with the answer of no mm-hmm. and doing it differently, changing it. I think that is something that should valued by church community and could set it apart from other clubs yeah. right yes. or other yeah. right other groups of people that gather yeah. for a purpose or a mission and create community yeah so that's one thing i think another thing that should be prioritized in church community is uh, accountability and leadership yeah yeah. We I mean we do we do in a lot of churches have a like a hierarchical structure, you know? There's like somebody in charge and then other people in charge and then it mm-hmm. kind of trickles down and mm-hmm. um and so if we're going to maintain that model, we have got to make sure we are navigating yeah. power yeah. and motivation and yeah, that yeah. we're navigating that well, yeah. that should set us apart from other communities. Yeah, totally. That we hold our leadership accountable, yeah. that when things happen that shouldn't happen, yeah. that the response is appropriate. Yeah. That's the other thing that comes to my mind. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, I I agree on on both of those. And those those things feel like... I don't know when I when I think when I look at the the Acts Church of you know the Bible was written in a communal culture to a communal culture, and I think sometimes when we read scripture with with our American culture eyes, some of us we don't read it in that way. Mm-hmm. It becomes individualistic. 
about us. Um, and but when you when you read that through a communal lens, you realize that oh, communities were acting this way. This is about a group of people, and not just my immediate family. That's something that's that's also clear. Not just the people that live in my my husband or my kids or you know that kind of thing, but grandma, grandpa your neighbors, your community, um, you were caring for them. You guys were living a life together. Yeah. And I think we talk a lot about community, like, oh, you know, community group, oh, this and that. We don't actually live in that way. Community is more than we meet once a week to eat together. Mm-hmm. We have community. Or we're walking through this book together. No, this is like actually like you're sitting in pain together yeah. with that person. You're walking with us. You're giving money. Like, and and that was the act church. The act church. Everybody was putting together. You know, the scripture says everybody was putting together funds to take care of one another. Nobody wanted or needed anything. anything. Yeah. You know, like yeah. those kinds of things. And we haven't. We have not gotten there. And there's a lot of barriers to that, I believe, that we have to break down so that we can get there. But but to to go along with what you said, and then and then with the trauma, which not trauma, but with the um, acknowledging just the power in structure and how to steward that well, accountability. That's so important because the church has historically throughout history misused power right um and and that's a different testimony that we can give to the culture when we actually start to use it appropriately in a way that's loving in a way that holds people accountable but also it also shows forgiveness and love in in that accountability as well and and that kind of leads me to to the next question so i'm i'm glad that you brought it up was like I do know that there's been a lot of people who, and you touch on this, you touched on it at the very beginning, who have experienced church hurts, who that's one of the reasons why some people have not yet set foot back in the buildings is because when they do, they do have a response, (laughs) physical response they are triggered and all of that is valid all of that is valid and so knowing that so many people have been hurt and um, traumatized by the church how would you say that the church leaders can help folks navigate that trauma i love this question and when you sent it to me earlier this week <laughs> and I Googled, how can church leaders help with nice. the church? Nothing came up. Really? Are you serious? Because I have not and Googled it. And I dug yeah. and dug and dug and I changed my phrasing. And then like after digging for a while, found a couple resources specific for church leadership and this type of hurt. It was really hard for me to find something. Mm, that is very interesting. And I was fascinated by that. That's very interesting. That there was tons of resources for people experiencing church hurt and talking about healing and like, uh, which is great. I'm mm-hmm. glad that there's so many resources. But I 
struggled to find yeah. resources for church leaders. And yeah. I thought that was so interesting. Uh, mm, that so is interesting Tossing to me. that out. Yeah. 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 Um, wow. So I, I thought about this for quite a while. Speaking from someone who could write a book on church hurt uh, based on my personal experiences. Yeah. yeah. Um, starting from a pretty young age. Like, I, I mean, I have memories from early elementary school of, you know, the church that we were attending. There was in church terms, moral failure of one of the people in leadership, which led to, you know, going to the Bible study groups with my, you know, our parents' Bible study group and then being rushed down to the playroom of whoever's home it was while our parents cried upstairs. And just, you know, these memories as a child that I associate with my parents' church hurt. And then just a continuation of stories Mm -hmm. of ways that I saw power abused, betrayal, just all the things. I just, there's a lot. And unfortunately... There's a lot. Yeah. Uh, And so thinking from my own experience of like, what do I need from church leaders? Like as I sit on the back pew, what am I looking for that communicates safety, that communicates trust? What am I looking for? So it was a really helpful question for me to have to think through for myself as well. Mm I think the first thing that church leaders can do is prioritize their own work. That's because a hundred percent of church leaders have church hurt. Yeah, all of them. Oh, one hundred percent of them. A hundred percent of people in ministry have church hurt. I would agree with that. One hundred percent. So, yeah. if the people leading are not dealing with their own stuff. Yeah. They're not going to be able to effectively help somebody else good word. who they're yeah. leading deal with their yeah. stuff. It's a good word. Because they're yeah. going to be triggered. There's going to be, you know, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's not going to go well. Yeah. It's not going to be effective. So first thing that comes to my mind is I need to know that the people leading me are putting in the work yeah. themselves. That's great. Yeah. Because uh, that builds trust for me yeah. too, right? So. Yeah. That's the first thing that came to my mind. The second thing that came to my mind is I need listeners. I need church leaders to listen when when I need to tell my story or or when another person is coming has has been brave enough to walk in and sit in the back row and has an opportunity or a need to share their hurt. Story. I need we need yeah. the leadership to listen and believe us and validate the pain. Phrasing like, you know, well, the church is just full of people doesn't help. <laughs> no, I can't um, see why that, that would be helpful. Right. And like, as a I'm using the word consumer because it just feels like it fits on some level. You know what I mean? As yeah. A, as an yeah. attendee. <laughs> it I, sounds, don't know. I don't know. You consumer know I mean? attendee. A, Neither one a, sounds I know, awesome. I know. What as, do you call yourself? As, as a church goer, as a believer in the value of corporate worship, I don't know. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I I think I, I, I think it can be so healing 
to have an individual who represents the system that hurt you mm. say that was wrong. Yeah, totally. So we, I will never hear that yeah. from the list of pastors yeah. who hurt me. But there have been other pastors who have held my story and said that was wrong. Yeah. They were wrong. And there was something healing in that. So that is something that can be offered. Yeah, that's really good. And and I just want to say I don't want to I don't want to interrupt you, but I do feel like you know there is this place speaking as someone who um is in leadership at at a church and has church hurt. Um, there is something that is profoundly powerful about an apology, whether or not you were the individual that did the hurt. I think it's important for any leader who is listening to hear me when I say this, like whether we like it or not, we represent the collective church, right? This goes back to that communal thinking. Whether we like it or not, whether we like to be lumped up with some of the people who are not living the faith mm -hmm. accurately, they profess Jesus. And because they profess Jesus, they are, whether we like it or not, part of the collective. Mm -hmm. So because we are part of the collective, we can apologize on behalf of someone that will never issue an apology yeah. and it be really powerful because yeah. we are acknowledging that a part of our body did something harmful yeah. that caused pain, that caused trauma. And so any opportunity that we get to do that and to do that, I mean, sincerely, not out of this way of like, oh, I'm sorry, but a sincere heartfelt God has rend, rend your heart. R-E-N-D, you're good. Yeah. Right? He has, yeah, he has like gotten to you and revealed some things to you that that he is motivating an apology to your congregation, to maybe an individual, to whatever that is. We need to let that happen. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah. just wanted to say that 100%. and exhort leaders who are listening to when that opportunity arise, do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think remembering that church hurt is a it's a specific type of wound that is usually accompanied by gaslighting by being told, "Oh, we love you, but" or uh victim shaming, victim blaming. Mm -hmm. Like it's a thing. It's not mm -hmm. When, when we're talking about church hurt, we're not talking about an individual in the church that did something hurtful. Right. We right. are, I mean, I would put money yeah. on most, if not many, church hurt moments. There are multiple people who are involved in this, yeah. right? Like yeah. he said this thing or she said the yeah. thing and then we went to this person and yeah. they didn't do what they should have done and neither did the next person, right? Yeah. We're talking about a yeah. multiple people failing. Yeah. And it hits differently than just one person yeah. saying something that shouldn't have been said yeah. or responding in a way that shouldn't have been. And so- mm -hmm. 
I think as as church leaders are holding space for church hurt, recognizing this idea of a collective, recognizing this is not fixed. I don't know. I and I still I'm I'm like processing yeah. this out yeah, loud as I too. say it, yeah. right? Of like it is a different it's a different kind of wound that in that required multiple people to agree on the wounding and there's that's a lot. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting, right? Because and I'm processing it too as you said like it it's different than any than any other kind of hurt like, you know, an, an individual like neighbor saying something really hurtful or, or doing something to you and I think part of it what makes it different is is that there is this um family yeah yeah there yeah, yeah. is there is this trust right like this hurt has come from people that I never expected to hurt me yeah. and when they hurt me there's a sense of confusion and like well maybe maybe I never belong you know there's there's almost like this identity an identity identity crisis of like these people should not have done this I feel this sense of betrayal in a way because this is my family this is my family and we are yeah and so that that does cause a deeper and more hurtful wound because right. we are the family right. of God. Right. A kingdom family, We're a kingdom right? Family. Not just an earthly family. Not like just an, yeah. The eternal this eternal true, relationships. Eternal. We are stuck yes. with each so other. When, when that kind of hurt happens, yeah. it does have this like, ah, oh, wow, I never I never expected that or it wasn't supposed to be that way. Not not in the church. And there's all kinds of things we can say, like, okay, right. yeah, the church is full of sinners. 100%. Right. That is 100% true. Right. But but because we carry the family of God banner. Right. I think we have to be more intentional. Right. to not. Right. Well, hurt and, one another. And church hurt when we use that phrasing, nine times out of 10, we're talking about leadership, right? Sure. The yeah. people paid yeah, to protect the flock, yeah. the people who yeah. we are have entrusted yeah. the job. Your job is yeah. to not mess this up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, and I, I say that like as a pastor's kid, as someone yeah. who has been paid sure. staff, I understand that does not at all change the fact that we are flawed humans and we make mistakes. 100%. Right. Yeah. So I there isn't on one hand, I I don't want to subscribe to the like higher expectation. And on the other hand, I'm like, Jesus said better to like tie a millstone around your neck and jump into a river than lead one of these kids astray. Right. So like Jesus had some words for religious leaders because they are to be held at a higher standard. Their expectation is that you will do better than other leaders yeah. or uh, I mean it just there yeah. is an expectation and yeah. so uh, I think that's where the accountability comes yeah. in and it becomes very yep. important that's this right. is your job yeah yeah and it, it it does go back to to that 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 account that accountability and that you know what you said earlier of like being mindful of your own 
spiritual work, your own, your your own growth, your own. You still have to continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. You still have to continue to grow in your gift and your calling and your awareness, which is why, you know, when you Googled this question and there wasn't any like tools to help people navigate, which it is mind, it is mind blowing to help church leadership kind of navigate and learn and grow and lean into this issue, which kind of speaks to a bigger cultural issue of how Americans treat church leadership is if you're on this pedestal. Right. Which is a problem, uh, right? A big problem. (laughs) Yeah. You're, you're, you're on this pedestal. Once you've arrived, you know, and you're, you're on staff, like, yeah, there's nothing. Nothing else is needed nor required of you, mm-hmm. whether, you know, the, the expectation is realistic or unrealistic. But but there is this um, mentality of like pouring into leaders, which we see G- we see Jesus model that, too. And, and our discipleship never ends with Jesus. Yeah. And so, yeah, I 100 percent just agree and affirm everything you're saying. Um, and when you write that book, yeah. <laughs> hope you I do will, write it. I will name names. No, I'm just name, kidding. <laughs> name names and give me a signed, a signed <laughs> copy so that I can, so that I can read it because yeah, it, it would be so helpful. And that is one of the biggest, one of the biggest things that I feel like the church has to do in this season is equip its leaders so that we can continue to better equip the body and love the body and treat people how they need to be treated. That's not saying that mistakes won't happen and I won't have a bad attitude one day, multiple days. I won't say one day. I'll say multiple days. (laughs) Have a bad attitude and hurt someone's feelings. But, But in that realizing because, you know, I'm going through training and I'm learning these things that, oh, the appropriate action after something happens is X, Y, Z. Right. And let me take it. Restoration. Yeah. Repair. Let, let me take it. That's let the me, thing. Let me model something yes. to yes. someone else. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that, I think, is one of the biggest gifts right now in this place in history. One of the biggest gifts church leaders can offer their block is modeling when we mess up, which we will. Yep. We apologize. Yeah. We own it. We repair, right? Like yeah. when when parents say I'm sorry to their children, deal. that is a big yeah. deal. It's a huge gift. Yeah. It's a huge gift. Because one, you're normalizing I'm human. I'm going to mess up, yeah. which normalizes it for your child yeah. and teaches your child to own their mistakes and not live in shame yeah. Yeah. when they make a mistake. Yeah. Right. And so, man, apologize to your kids when you yeah. mess up. And pastors and church leaders, yeah. when you mess up, apologize. Yeah. Own it and say, I'm sorry. Yeah. And do what you need to do to repair relationships. Yeah. What a gift. That is not something that is modeled very often. Yeah. And for those of us who have known what was happening behind the curtain or been publicly 
called out. I mean, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, there, I mean, everyone has a story of mm-hmm. it gone wrong, you know, and we're carrying this hurt when we see church leadership acknowledging their mistakes and apologizing that communicates, oh, this is a safe place. They're not mm-hmm. above anything. They will get called out when they mess up and that's normal. And wow, that communicates safety. I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't see that and go, oh, this is an unsafe place because yeah. someone messed up. I see it and I go, this is uh, a yeah. place where we can mess up and yeah. <laughs> show up with each yeah. other and repair it. Um, I think that's a huge gift that churches can give. That's good. Joshua, I feel like I could talk to you for at least 40 more minutes, but I won't. I won't do that to the listeners because they're probably thinking by now, like, man, when are they going to stop talking? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I hope you weren't thinking that. I, I do, I, I do want to say, Amber, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. Um, today on the podcast, but also sharing it with us in your writing. Um, You always do. Um, But for this particular piece, you know, there's a level of vulnerability when you talk about, again, church hurt, it's family hurt. It hurts sharing, sharing that. And I really appreciate it because it is something that I feel like a lot of people can relate to. I, I said this to my last podcast guest, Joy, who uh, wrote a blog about hurt that she had experienced, Um, but it's no less true for you either. I think you're speaking about things that maybe there are people listening who couldn't name before. Mm -hmm. And in your blog and through this podcast, you're giving people the freedom Mm. to speak about it Um, and to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm not a freak show. Right. Because I'm experiencing these things. You know, I don't have to feel guilt and shame over feeling hurt by the church. It's a very real and unfortunately normal feeling that people are experiencing today. So thank you for writing so boldly and for sharing with us today. And I do want to encourage you all, like, if you haven't read it, I said this at the beginning, go to www.joyofit.org and click on blogs and you can find Amber's blog, Navigating Our Spiritual Nervous System, Fight, Flight, or Fellowship. fellowship. Mm-hmm. I like That's it. That's a good one. It's my like favorite it. title. So it far. is good. It's really good. It's good. It's good. I would read a book called that. Hey, it's good. All right. Not that you have to Trade write a book, but, no if, one but that, if you do, please. don't take that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yes, thank you. Thank you all for listening um i guess we we do like to leave people with one thing to implement throughout the week and i guess what i would do is i would encourage you to read the blog and just spend some time um you're not going to do this in one hour or in one week but do if you feel like you're ready spend some time with the lord and ask him like start to figure out um what church hurt looks like for you and processing that and realizing that um, the Lord loves you just the same. Um, And if you're ready and when you're ready, invite somebody you trust into that to allow them to um, walk with you in that. 
So we are so grateful that you are listening. You can find us anywhere your podcasts are found, iTunes, Amazon. And if you're listening to us, you've probably found us. So thank you. We will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast. Thank you all for listening. Remember, you can find the Talk Podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, we'll be there. And check out our websites, www.joyofit.org and www.frenzy.co if you want more information on what we are doing. Thanks again, and we hope you'll join us for another episode of The Talk. <music>